You're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky back with an episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. I'm joined today by Dr. Carolyn Moyers. She is a board-certified OB-GYN in Fort Worth, a mom of four and new business owner carving out her niche in the big city. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Amelia. Tell me your story into medicine and about this new business. I would love to share. So I grew up in a small town of 7,000 people in East Texas and did not know other professional women besides teachers. And whenever I was in the seventh grade, me and several girlfriends loaded into the back of our science teacher station wagon and went to the local um, uh, junior college and went to a math and science day for girls. And in that day, I was in a class with a physical therapist who was a female who was working on children. Um, She had um, a couple of cerebral palsy patients there and she was doing therapy, demonstrating what she does, explaining her techniques. And I was blown away. It opened up my world to new possibilities. So I went home and I researched state schools because better tuition rates mm-hmm. and said, okay, I'm going to go to Texas Women's University because it's the best physical therapy school in the state of Texas. And that was my path. I mean, from seventh grade forward, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. And, um, that was my trajectory. So I went that direction. I volunteered in physical therapy clinics. Um, I worked in a physical therapy clinic my first year or two. So I got to see all the nuances and my mentors in the physical therapy clinic said, you know, I really think you should specialize in pediatrics. You're really good with the kids. And so my junior year of college, so I'm a biology major, chemistry minor, Second semester, my junior year of college, I have this little voice in the back of my head and I say out loud finally to somebody, I really think I want to be a doctor. Like I want to be the expert. So I went and researched, what does it take to get into medical school? And I was blown away that I only needed calculus. I had all the other prerequisites. Mm-hmm. I had done calculus in high school. I thought, piece of cake, one semester of calculus, I can do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I really listened to my inner knowing at this point because I said, hmm, I'm going to go into medical school. I'm going to get all the science I need. I really want to develop 
some more life skills, right? And I was really interested in children. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. So I went to the family science department and decided to change my degree. And I got a degree in child development. Mm. So it added like a summer to my, um, to my um, education. And because I had to take a lot of mini masters and summer sessions to kind of make it happen. And it was great because in the family science department, the questions were open-ended. Whereas in biology and chemistry, there is a right and there is a wrong answer. And it was so eye-opening. It was so freeing to be like, what do you mean there's no right answer? What do you mean I can just write this paper about, you know, it just seems so fluffy, (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better word. And um, I just feel like it opened a creative edge. And so I go, I went into medical school thinking I was going to do pediatrics. When I applied to medical schools, I applied to all in the state of Texas and they were all in a match system similar to residencies. And so the DO school was just in that grouping. And I really loved the philosophy. I thought that made a lot of sense. And that's the school that I matched to. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some flack from people who were like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Do you want to wait and reapply next year. And mm-hmm. I was just like, are you kidding me? I got into medical school. <laughs> right? Like I'm going to be a doctor. Does it really matter if I have a DO or an MD? So, you know, it was really interesting uh, within the osteopathic practice and the tenets of osteopathy. But in terms of the book work, like all the facts we had to cram it, we're all the same, you know, we're doing the anatomy lab and we're going through all the didactics. So coming at the end of year two, I felt like, goodness, I could come out of med school and really not understand how to use these osteopathic techniques, these hand, the hands on treatment. Mm-hmm. And so a friend of mine and I applied to do their neuromuscular medicine fellowship, neuromusculoskeletal medicine fellowship. Mm-hmm. And So our third year was split over two years and we had additional clinic time. We were teaching the courses, doing the practical sessions, grading um, these students on their skills. And it was a great experience. But coming out of medical school, I went to an MD residency Mm -hmm. and then went into private practice to a rural health commitment and it had several babies and started doing OB hospitalist work. And in these busy, high-volume settings, it's very difficult to really utilize those osteopathic techniques. They're not necessarily well-reimbursed. You don't have the time to spend 30 minutes doing an adjustment whenever you're running between the office and the OR, delivering babies, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. So this last year has really been a place where I um, have dug deep into what do I want to do. You know, I've honed my craft. I very wanted to be robotically trained to do laparoscopic surgery. I wanted to do all of these different things. I had those agendas. And around year five of practice, I said, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And so it's been a bit of a journey to kind of find it. And this last year, I attended Pinnacle um, conference, which was a fantastic conference. I recommend to anybody. It was 
women of all specialties um, coming together to support and encourage you. And you learned about, you know, side gigs and private practice and all of the things. And um, I started coaching, I started counseling, I started reading every book I could get my hands on, podcasts, taking this course and that course, just really kind of deep diving. And it was when I read um, Meant for More by Lisa Sasevich, which is more of a marketing book, but it's really about how to get on your dime and sell your service without being salesy, right? Mm -hmm. How to offer your services to the world. And it was then when I was doing the work that I realized I'm an osteopath with this hands-on skill set and a board-certified OB-GYN. And that's something unique in a community, a large community where there's over 30 OB-GYNs at my hospital alone. And there's multiple hospitals here. It's something unique that I can offer. So that's when I started really formulating a plan for a business model that I felt met my authenticity and allowed me to serve women in a very unique way where they could get personalized care where I could hold space to help them to kind of come back to their center to realign with their mind, body, and spirit. Because as we go through life and school and babies and all the things, we often feel lost and we're looking for that center again. We're kind of trying to realign to like, okay, who am I now other than, you know, mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, so it has been really fun. I opened in September of 2020, the stars aligned that I had office space and I wasn't working in the OBED. Um, so I opened two days a week and really just started from scratch developing this, um, really, I wanted to just be a sacred place for women, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is, you know, to write it's integrative gynecology and osteopathy. And so right now my market is really to, um, help women optimize pregnancy and postpartum experience because I can really act as a consultant. Um, it can really, um, optimize their experience in their pregnancy because they see their OB for their routine visit. They come to me with back pain, pelvic pain, they need an adjustment. And in that time frame, we have time to talk about life, their fears, their questions. Oh, I wanted to ask my OB this. What do you think about this? I'm developing my birth plan. Is this kind of standard of care or what should I expect? All of the questions it's a very non-threatening environment for them to get their questions answered. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really fun to see them feel more confident in their pregnancy, but also feel better physically as we're realigning their body. So a lot of people who are coming to me may have had previous trauma from motor vehicle accidents or horseback riding injuries or had back surgery and now pregnancy on top of that, which is already uncomfortable for the majority of us, um, has led them to, 
you know, they want to avoid narcotics. And so doing osteopathic manipulative treatment for them has provided a lot of relief. And when they walk out saying, you know, my pain was an eight and now it's a two, that feels really good knowing that you've, you know, helped them to enjoy their pregnancy better. So, um, it is a, a constant evolving work in progress as I learn, well, what do we need next? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a gynecology standpoint, um, you know, what services will be best served? Because the other thing that is unique is that I've, um, set it up as a direct care model. And so it's a cash based model. We don't fuss with insurance Mm -hmm. and um, it allows a lot more freedom and Mm -hmm. keeps overhead very low so that we're able to offer truly personalized, customized care. And um, it's fun to do. I have a nurse who's working with me and she kind of owns it as much as I do, you know, she's kind of taken it on and it's just so special to have somebody who cares as deeply for the patients and connects with the patients and checks in with them um, and kind of partners with you. Yeah. And how have you found that relationship with the other OBs? So you mentioned, you know, they're seeing an OB for their routine care and coming to you for this supportive care. How do you find that relationship? So that has been really awesome it's been so warm and they've been so warm and inviting and excited and had me, some of them have had me come to their practice and do demonstrations and we've done demonstrations virtually um, so that they can, you know, educate their staff on what, what is osteopathic treatment? What does it look like? What kind of time frame does it take? They've been really excited about having that partnership because I'm not doing primary OB in my practice. So I'm not taking that from them. I really am a supplement. Um, and so it's been fun to work with them. So I'm always sending out thank you cards whenever they've referred a patient, calling them and letting them know if something's come up unusual, if I have to send a patient to the hospital because of whatever reason, you know, maybe they're showing signs of preeclampsia, you know, mm-hmm. your chiropractor who might, you know, maybe they've gone to the chiropractor for an adjustment. The chiropractor may not pick up on those things because I'm doing vitals and heart tones and asking them all the pregnancy questions while I'm seeing them because that's my world, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever they have an abnormality um, or I'm needing to send them to the hospital, I'm calling their doctor to coordinate that, calling the on-call team, calling the OBED so that they're aware and just make it a very seamless process. Yeah. Yeah. That's very helpful to have that experience alongside the osteopathic manipulative treatment that you can provide there. You mentioned the body, mind, and spirit. And when you're seeing them, it's often for physical pain or complaints and you're offering them that hands-on treatment. But, right, there's also an additional time or maybe we should say and you have the opportunity to speak with them. What do you notice comes up in that space when you do have that extended time in those conversations? So I always ask them, what's your biggest fear? What's your biggest worry right now? And one of my favorite questions for like a well woman exam is if you think about your life and it's a whole mind, body, spirit, what's the one thing that is keeping you from living your best life right now? Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see what they get back. Maybe it's their food allergies that are driving them crazy and I can connect them with a nutritionist, right? Mm-hmm. That takes five extra minutes, like no big deal. Um, 
But I think that what we all want is a space to be heard and to be seen. Mm-hmm. And whenever I have given myself the freedom of time to see my patients, you know, 30 minute appointments, where do you get that these days? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you're paying for the massage therapist or to see the, the psychiatrist, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to really just have that, that open-ended conversation, um, you know, it can go anywhere. And so that seems to be just a continuing conversation on return visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a great question. And as you're looking at the structure and function in their body, how are you also seeing that reflected perhaps in this experience of building the practice? You know, I always think it's fascinating to see how these principles come to life outside of the physiology of the human body, but also in the world. What's it been like building this practice, structuring it for optimal function? I know you shared a few of those staying out of the insurance space so you can have more control and autonomy. What else has been helpful for you there? Mm-hmm. I think listening to um, my colleagues in terms of their ideas about what's lacking or what they wish they had time for, because I can feel that space. Also listening to the patients and what is it that they're really needing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't, they don't yet recognize it, right? Especially if it's a first time mom. So the thing that we noticed recently is we have, I mean, everybody shows up. That's the amazing thing about the cash (laughs) model. Everybody shows up. They're paying for it. They're going to come. The only time that we haven't had patients show is postpartum because it's hard to get out of the house with a new baby. And we know that, but they always call and we get them rescheduled. And it dawned on me the other day, we know how hard it is to get out of the house with a newborn. What if we went to them? It is as simple as me taking my table and going to their house. Of course, we have to be, you know, set some limitations and be appropriately compensated and all of that. But that's a new model that we're considering adding in um, for those new moms who can't get out of the house. Yeah, that's amazing. I've had a number of colleagues, especially in this time of COVID, finding the ways to be creative like that and meet patients where they are and house calls, it seems like are coming back. That's really an amazing service to provide. Yeah. Tell me more about how this has impacted your OB practice. You know, so when you've had this we call it sometimes a side gig, but this sounds like more than that, right? This is a new exploration and integration of your skills and training. How has it either supported or detracted from your OB practice? Has it been helpful for you to have this, let's say, outlet? So currently I'm doing full-time OB hospitalist work, mm-hmm. which are 24-hour shifts. And it's nice but it, you know, with everything, there's good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's nice that you don't have the office, you know, the complications of the office, et cetera. However, you have to recover from working for 24 hours, mm-hmm. which if you've never done it, I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow in OB, like we run on adrenaline and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I love, I love like a primary OBGYN practice. That was definitely where I was like happiest in my life in my first five years of practice in primary OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um, but I took some more time for my family. And so I did hospitalist work. And this last year was just kind of a holding place for me to figure out, okay, what next? You know, I could have yeah. gone and joined another practice. I could have done X, Y, Z. But 
I wanted to just remain really authentic in how I practice. And I said, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to stay in Fort Worth, what's a niche that I can fill with my unique skill set and still serve women? So, I mean, I feel like it's totally separate from the hospitalist world. You know, in the mm-hmm. hospitalist world, you show up and you take care of whomever walks in your door, whoever you're covering for, or you're, you know, if somebody needs help with a C-section, you run, you get called to a code, you do all of the things. You're in the ER doing the emergency surgeries, all the things. So it's not my own, right? I don't have my autonomy and my ownership and I don't have that continuity of care with patients. So I really wanted to get back to that. And I am really surprised at how much I'm enjoying using this skill set again. Mm-hmm. Um, because I haven't had an opportunity to use it consistently in almost nine years, right? And so coming back to using it and seeing how impactful it is for women is really exciting to say, yes, this does work. When we realign our body, we feel better. We have more positive thoughts. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Like it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that lead into that inherent self-healing capacity. And so being able to tap back into that, you know, what have you noticed with the new moms that you have had come in, the ones who've been able to make it in with their little ones or get the help to bring them in, that they are able to realize that? Are they able to see, right? See themselves. That's often a piece of the postpartum interval, right? It's like, who am I now? You know, when I now have this new person and I've gone through this very big physical transformation, can they find themselves again? You know, are you finding that is something that comes from the treatment with them? So we're still very new. We have about three or four sky babies because we're only, Mm -hmm. you know, three months into this. Um, So we're still very new. Um, And that will be very exciting to see along the way. The initial conversations have been like, nobody tells you about all the invading thoughts that you have when you have this newborn that you're trying Mm -hmm. to keep alive. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody tells you about the drastic metamorphosis that your body goes through in pregnancy or how uncomfortable it is just on a given day, you know, Mm -hmm. not even adding in previous trauma or something of that nature. So um, it will be really exciting to help them kind of make that transformation. And I feel like as a mama for, as a board certified OB-GYN, I have a unique perspective there that can really, um, benefit them. And we're looking at adding in yoga and meditation Mm -hmm. to really help to, um, bring a fullness to that, um, to their care. Yeah. So amazing. And I even here and there too, this opportunity as you have more patients participating and being able to support each other, you know, that opportunity for community to grow. In yes. That space. Yes. I do really want it to be a community. And so, um, you know, we're looking at different membership models where maybe there's a private Facebook group and we have yoga sessions in the morning, or maybe you want to do them online. That's fine too. You can log in and do them online and maybe there's, you know, different support and educational programs that they can participate in. So I really just want to be a space to educate, empower, and inspire women. Yeah. 
so exciting. And how do you draw upon your own experience? So mom of four, what are you building into this that perhaps you wish you would have had or that you did have and you want to share with other moms? Um, so what, what am I building in, in regards to my experience in motherhood? If there was anything that you were missing, you know, like, oh, it would have been so nice to have this when I was going through my own pregnancy or postpartum or things you appreciated that you noticed aren't perhaps readily available to everyone. Sometimes we do have a little bit of an advantage, right? As being physicians who get to have that inside track and also some limitations that come with it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, being a, a place to support and educate all of their questions because you have so many questions and, you know, they have told me at times, um, well, I wanted to ask my OB, but I felt kind of silly or, you know, I forgot, or she seemed rather rushed. And so mm-hmm. providing that space to educate them and empower them is, is really, um, awesome because I know I had tons of questions for my OB when it was my first time around as well. Mm-hmm. Um, providing lactation support is another one. Um, I breastfed all of my babies. And so, you know, if somebody wants to breastfeed, I definitely want to support them in that. And so we found some, um, different breastfeeding services where they actually come to your home. Again, it's hard to get out with a baby. (laughs) So, um, so we're going to partner and, um, you know, refer them there, um, yeah, I think just, and I think more the emotional support in that postpartum mm-hmm. period, it just seems to be the forgotten trimester, right? Mm-hmm. You have this new baby and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't know who I am. I am mm-hmm. sleep deprived and this little being is sucking the life out of me. <laughs> <You know>? mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I do now? And so really helping women own their unique experiences in motherhood and just kind of find, find peace there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's such a unique space. And I hear this with a lot of pediatricians I talk with, they end up filling that void a lot of times, right? Cause the newborn comes in for many well child checks and there's always that quick check-in and how's the parents, you know, and how are we yes. supporting that? And so having that really intentional space is such an amazing offering. So that's incredible to give. Yes. Yes. And I'm making sure we do the depression scale mm-hmm. the minute they walk in the door postpartum. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. being done. Yeah. I can't be overlooked there. No. And you mentioned briefly the name Sky. So tell us more about that and how that came to be. Oh, yes. So I read Half the Sky mm. um, in 2010, my first year as an attending. And it's a hard read. I'm not going to lie. Um, it talks about human trafficking and um, maternal mortality and just s- some really horrific stuff. But it is a very empowering book because it, in the end, there's this call to action. It shows you all of these different ways in which you can help to support women globally. And I it's just always stuck with me. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. of course, women hold up half the sky. You know, I believe in the equality of men and women. And if women are able to be empowered, um, then we can reach our full potential as a society, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, as I was contemplating opening this practice, it just seemed very natural to me. I said, okay, I want to serve my community. And so I can 
I don't have to go global. I don't have to go internationally. I don't have to go to a third world country. I have people who are hurting right here at home. And um, so I can serve them. And so it comes from the Chinese proverb, women hold up half the sky. So great. Yeah. And being part of that, you know, giving them the support to be that support in the world is so amazing. And as you're exploring this opportunity, I've heard a lot of exciting pieces of it. Is there anything coming up to which you're looking most forward? You know, you mentioned bringing in yoga and perhaps the community membership. You know, what's up next that's bringing you the most joy? Let's focus there. I think just the growth that's going to happen um, in myself with my nurse, in the practice, for my patients. I'm just really looking forward to the growth of the community. And honestly, this being um, my full-time, you know, making this this passion project at this point, mm-hmm. um, my full-time employment. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe filling in here and there at the hospital to deliver babies. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly getting to get good rest so that I can practice my tenets as well <laughs> for mm-hmm. wellness. I love it. <laughs> yes. And it's so interesting to look back through the trajectory of your story. We think about sometimes those sliding door moments, right? Where mm. when you just step through in that right timing for it to work in that STEM, right? That math and science day that yes. you experienced in middle school and listening to that intuition to say, okay, I think, you know, PT is great. And I think I want to be a doctor and, and taking that time, right. To take a little more skill set building, you know, and then that the DO school was where you ended up to bring you this skill set. I mean, what an amazing pathways we see you kind of moved in the current of what was meant to be for you. So amazing. I love that perspective. <laughs> well, as we wrap towards the end here, we've heard a lot of opportunities, but I'd love to hear how you see yourself for the health of all things. I see myself playing a pivotal role in the empowerment of women, not just in their physical bodies, but just a safe place to help them to to hold space for them to own their unique experiences and to realign with their truth (laughs) in the mind, body, and spirit. I love that. So beautiful. Well, please do tell my listeners, especially those in the Fort Worth area, where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, skywomenshealth.com or at skywomenshealth on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm also at Dr. Carolyn Moyers on Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. And we'll share all of those in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for what you're doing. And it's so inspiring to hear that you get to bring forth all parts of you into this experience and serve in medicine in this new, exciting and innovative way. Thank you for having me. Thanks for allowing me to share the story. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com 
or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.